Hey, five-minute warning. Get those shoes on. We got to get to Sunday school to hear Pastor Bob's lesson on loving each other. Hurry up! And then it's right to church for Pastor Bob's sermon from Genesis 2. And after church, Pastor Bob is making his famous guacamole for the leadership training he's leading. Aw, Dad, Pastor Bob's been a little boring lately. All the kids in my Iwana class think so. Yeah, Dad. Pastor Bob has a hard time connecting with us at youth group. I think you forget what what it's like to be a teenager. No, I don't forget what it's like to be a teenager. It was only 30 years ago. Be nice to Pastor Bob. He's a busy man. Last night, after he led the choir practice, the elders meeting, and the deacon meeting, he still came over to help your Uncle Mike pick up the U-Haul for the big move tomorrow. He might be a little boring, but when your mom and I had that fight last week... Pastor Bob came and met with us every day after supper until we got it all sorted out. And when Ned, the neighbor, started asking me questions about faith, you never thought he'd ask you questions about faith. When he did, where did I take him? Pastor Bob. And do you know anyone else who can cook as many pancakes and eggs as Pastor Bob? Imagine a men's breakfast without him. I don't know, Dad. Pastor Bob seemed a little unprepared at my baptism class. He was covered in grass from mowing the church lawn, and he had grease in his hair from working on the church van. I, I don't boy, know. Boy, 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 if you don't quit complaining and get in the van, I'm calling Pastor Bob. Pastor, does your church rely a little too much on you? Are you sacrificing family time, rest, or even time with the Lord because you're too busy shepherding the flock? It might be time to consider your mindset. On this episode of Rural Pastors Talk. Well, this is Rural Pastors Talk, a podcast urging Christians to see the strategic value of the rural church for the glory of God and to serve her faithfully. My name is TJ Freeman. I am the lead pastor at Wellsboro Bible Church in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania, and I have been a rural pastor for 10 years, and this is the first time that I've been okay with country music being played in my presence. You're such a <laughs> non-country music guy. Hey, guys, I'm Joe. I've been in a rural ministry for about 14 years as both a pastor and on staff in a rural church. What's going on, guys? This is Joshua McLaren. I tried to leave rural ministry three mm-hmm. times, but the Lord kept me here, and I praise him that we are here, and I don't want to leave. He put you on blast. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Gen Z lingo. You got to keep up with it. But it's not rural Gen Z lingo. I know. That's true. Right. Sorry, I'm, I'm not bussing. Bussin' bussin'. Bussin' bussin', as you said the other day in staff. <laughs> um, you know, guys, we have all experienced getting pulled in a thousand different directions as someone who's in rural ministry. I- I've had many times where I just, at the end of the day, I feel like I've been a ping pong ball. Just ding, 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 bouncing, bouncing, bouncing from meeting to meeting, from lesson to lesson, from decision to decision. And sometimes... Crisis to crisis. Didn't I say, can I have five minutes of your time after the podcast before we got <laughs> Ping started? pong, yes. <laughs> um, and here's the reality. Any ministry is always going to be, ready for the word? Mm. Fraught. Fraught with challenges, specifically as it relates to your schedule. You're going to feel those pressures. However, could... Too much of that be a reflection of a mindset that actually might hurt our churches more than help our churches. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. Um, As a pastor, we have a heart 
that longs to be a blessing to the congregation. We have a heart that longs to honor the Lord. And we have a skill set, hopefully, that helps us to function within the body of Christ in a way that gives us a broad ability to drop in on things. So you, you could pop in on a meeting about, I don't know, the flowers for the front of the church and have something to say, meaningful. You could go out and you know find a project somewhere in, in the church building that needs help, and you could work on it. You could plan an upcoming sermon series. You can pick the order of service for songs. You can have a counseling session. You can help people who are struggling. You can go to a hospital and visit people. Like You can jump from situation and scenario to the next because God's wired you and called you into a, a role where there there is a necessity to do that. What would be the danger, though, associated with that kind of lifestyle or ministry approach? Well, there's a number of them. First of all, what you're going to do is you're going to probably burn yourself out if you continue this over time. Your dear wife and your beloved children are going to see less and less and less of you, so that's going to be an even greater strain on the relationship at home. People in church are going to see you so, so much that they're going to begin to think that it's only you that can solve problems. There, that is true. There can be a dependence on a person. You know, if there's somebody leading, there's not the leadership vacuum there. So, hey, that's already taken care of. Pastor Bob's got it. Um, I think that's a common way that people can get used to thinking about the pastor, especially in a rural place. So, my sweet grandmother, God rest her soul, was at a church for many, 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 many years. In fact, somewhere in my lineage, like a great great grandfather was on the founding team of that church. And phenomenal ministry, but there was clearly an expectation in that church that the pastor was responsible for pretty much everything. He needed to be an ad hoc member of every committee. He needed to be present at every church event. He needed to be in the conversation if there was something happening at the church. Had you ever gotten this one before? When like you didn't do something, somebody from the congregation would say, well, you work for us. Mm. <laughs> it's like yeah. telling a copy, pay a salary. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't go over great. Yeah. And so it could even get to the point where you do think, I can't evangelize. If my neighbor has spiritual questions, I have to take them to the pastor because they're so used to relying on this man as the spiritual authority of all things. I can't understand the scripture apart from this man's ministry. I can't evangelize my neighbor apart from this man's ministry. I can't go to a meeting about carpet without this man's ministry. I can't get my teenagers or my college-age kids to be involved in church without the pastor drawing them in. That's right. Yeah. And sometimes even knocking on the door and saying, "Pastor, could you talk to my child mm-hmm. because of this?" you know. So that's a real challenge I think that we we face, but it kind of flies in the face of scripture. So Josh, what are your thoughts on the Bible and its discussion of said topic? Uh well, there's a number of passages that point to the fact that we're a body, we're the body of Christ, and the pastor is not the Wait, only... if we are the body, yeah. why aren't his hands reaching? <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew what it! What is the... I don't know. Why okay. aren't his hands healing? Anyway. Yeah. Um, the, the, the pastor is not the body, right? He's just a member of the body, mm. and he requires the rest of the body, and the rest of the body does require him, but it's not like... He is the only thing, right? He's not He's the like only the one. He's like the head of the body, though, right? No, Christ is. Mm. Oh, yep. 
Christ. We're members one of another, right? There you go. Ooh, I'm spiking there. So you're saying that the pastor is just a, a part of the body, like the eye is a part of the body. Yes. Or the hand is a part of the body. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Now the Lord, Lord obviously has called and equipped pastors in a particular way that might be different from the rest of the flock, but that doesn't mean that he's still not being loved and shepherded and encouraged by them like a, like a sheep, an under-shepherd to the Lord Jesus. Suppose the saints in Rome ever needed to hear something like this? Uh, yeah, I think so. Romans 12, verses 3 to 8, Paul says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Thanks, Joe. How does super active Pastor Bob contradict the picture we see in scripture. Well, he's acting as both the eyes and the ears and the hands and the feet. Like he's doing the, he's, he's acting as all parts of the body. Mm. And we know that if you're a hand, you can't necessarily do the things that the foot will do very well. And then you got a whole bunch of feet out there that are just sitting around, not doing anything. That's the problem, right? Mm. So when you do that pastor, when you're involved in everything and you're leading everything and people are relying on you for everything, you are benching them. They have a role within the body and you're doing it at least enough that they are not then motivated to do it. So you're literally taking the whole squad off the field, putting them on the bench, and going out there and trying to dunk the ball yourself. <laughs> because basketball is played on a field. Um, <laughs> there so, you go, mixing yep, your sports I know, I again. should never talk about sports. All right, so I was going to actually call a T on oh. that. It could have been a timeout or a, a technical foul. But, mm. Pastor, you might get this, but maybe somebody in leadership at your church does not. Mm. And that person, whether they're an elder or whether they're a deacon or maybe a trustee, what's that anyway? Um, maybe they're trying to do a bunch of different things or they are successfully doing a bunch of different things. And they're holding on to those with closed, tight hands and not letting anybody else do that. Like Maybe this is what you're bumping up against. So maybe you don't need to hear this, but they need to hear this from you. Mm. That's good. Yeah. And that, and that is your role in the congregation is to teach these things. In fact, the saints in Ephesus and wherever else that letter happened to arrive, heard this from the Apostle Paul. He said in Ephesians 4, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So we're talking about Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth, or the lower regions, comma, the earth. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So Jesus has come. He has condescended to be with us. He has ascended where he is ruling and reigning over all things, but he has given us something um, in, in us, in our relationship with him, in him coming to us. Somehow there's this transaction that happens where gifts are given. What is he given? Verse 11. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherd teachers, or shepherds and teachers, to 
Here's your job, shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Dear brother pastor, dear rural church member, the responsibility of the shepherd in the church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So so Pastor Bob's who are listening or congregations who have created or accepted a Pastor Bob understand that we are completely missing the boat on what Christ has called for us to do. You really want to mature as a church? You really want to grow into the measure of Christ's stature? You really want to experience the kind of love and unity that you long for in a congregation, be the kind of church where the saints are well-equipped to do the work of ministry, where people are sacrificing for each other, caring for one another in love, counseling each other, teaching each other, applying the word to each other, receiving the word together from the pulpit, singing for the encouragement of the whole body. I mean, this whole picture of the body being the body is so beautiful and sweet, and it is what Christ is doing. And practically, what that looks like is Mrs. Smith going over in the middle of the week to um, help out a younger mom in mm-hmm. the church who might need it, and speaking into her lives and saying, I know you're exhausted. Wow, I was through there too. You can make it through with the help of Christ and the help of us. Call me up and I'll babysit for you. If I need to run and get some medicine and do this or do that, let me help you to be able to do that. And then that also is brother, well, I don't want to use the name Bob, Bob but like Jerry. Oh, we know what Jerry, but not this Jerry. He doesn't Go, listen to the podcast. He, okay. He's going over to uh, Will's house and he's saying, Will, brother, how, how much are you in your Bible? Mm-hmm. Can I work with you at some devotions? Can we do some devotions here together? Let's this next week. I'm going to text you each morning. Let's walk our way through Ephesians. Like, and practically, this is what it looks like. And healthy Deacon Steve being able to say, "Hey, there's a, a family from our church who's moving, and they could really use some help, and I'm going to put together a crew to be able to do that." Or, um, you know, there are some some things coming up in the church, and we want to have the building ready and. You know, Susie recognizes I'm I'm pretty good at getting things prepared for guests, and she comes in and reds up the place. Uh, you know, it's it's the body. You and have, maybe Pastor Bob doesn't even know that this stuff is going on amen. during the week. Amen. And somebody comes to him a week or a month later, and they say, "Hey, you know, could you pray for me as I'm discipling this person, or as I'm helping this person, as we're doing devotions together?" As as this. And Pastor Bob's jaw hits the floor. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, Pastor, one encouragement would be think of ways that you can empower the saints in your church. Start small. If you don't have a healthy plurality of elders around you, pray for that. But you're not going to be able to fix that tomorrow. If you don't have a healthy diaconate, pray for that. You're not going to fix that tomorrow. But you can call one brother from the church and say, here's something I could really use some help with. 
Uh, I would like to spend more time studying and praying this week. Could you please fill in the blank? It's raising up that person who can lead the committee so that you can get off from the committee and not even have to know what's going on uh, unless you want a touch point in that for some reason. But generally, you know, let the ladies figure out the flowers and, and it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And that's a good place to stop. There you go. Don't you think? Landed the plane. So, uh, sounded more like a chicken in a moment. I'm going to tell you something about this episode that you might find interesting, but before that, we're going to quote and our quote is God would never give you so much of the world to lose your heart and love it in the love of it or so little to distract you with the care of it. I think that applies to our worldly care, you know, our efforts as humans in the life of the body. I'm not calling the church worldly, but I'm saying our approach to it actually could look more like how the world would approach something. Um, The church belongs to the Lord. Uh, God's going to give us just enough that we, we are able to exercise the gifts he's given us and glorify him through those kind of things. Um, so, did you notice the format was a little different? It was. We significantly had different. country music. Mm-hmm. Big change. Leaning into the fact that this is actually a rural podcast, but not hiccifying, right? Yeah, that's right. That's for the cold opens when Bubba and whoever <laughs> else comes in. I do wonder if sometimes people think we're hiccifying, but we're not. We're, My we, middle name is Bubba. <laughs> is it? No. Okay. <laughs> it's Leonard. <laughs> we don't mean to degrade rural ministry by saying it's something less or something backwoods or something, you know, whatever. But we do recognize that rural is different from, from ministry in other places. So all three of us were born either in one of the two counties that we're actually currently sitting in mm-hmm. right now. And they are very rural. So very this rural. isn't, this isn't urban dudes or suburban dudes coming and telling all the rural guys how to do it. Like, so it we would, lived it. It would feel weird if we started off with like a hip hop intro. Yeah, that would seem strange. I can't to everyone except box. Josh. <laughs> it was my Bloomsburg years. So yes, what it was. that's right. You were in the big city. <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah, big, big city. city. Yeah. So we we've kind of tweaked things a little bit here because we want to maximize this for you. We want a little bit shorter of an episode. I don't know if we've accomplished that or not. Very much so. Okay. We we would like to be able to have Corey Mitchell tie his shoes and be just done with it. You know, <laughs> shoes are on. Podcast is over. But something a little shorter, something you can handle in a little car ride, um, something that uh, you know is maybe a little more algo algo algorithm. We're we're so country we can't even say algorithm. algorithm. Yeah, but add mix algorithmic. There you go. That's right. Um, Something like this. If you listen to it all the way through, it actually will help get the word out more about the podcast. And to that end, I have something to ask you to do. Would you, as long as you have the podcast app open right now, if you've not subscribed, would you subscribe? Uh, Would you share this with somebody? Right now would be a really good time to do that. And again, we aim to see the value of the rural church made known so that there are more healthy rural churches. If that sounds like a good thing to you, would you share this with somebody who might be helped to think about that more? And I also want to leave you with one thing, September 29 and 30. September 29th and 30th, we are having a Nine Marks workshop at Wellsboro Bible Church in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania. You can come see the Grand Canyon. Uh, You can bring your family. 
we're actually hoping to have this opened up to where wives can come in and sit with their husbands. I'm still working on that, no promises, but we're trying to see if we can accommodate that as an option. Nevertheless, start looking at Wellsboro, look at the PA Grand Canyon, see if you have the beautiful fall open on the 29th and the 30th so that you could come be a part of this event. Josh's brother, Raymond Johnson, will be there. And, <laughs> My bro in Christ. And Phil Newton, who mm-hmm. is a wonderful brother who's written some really help, helpful material, pastor over 40 years, mm. fount of wisdom, and just brilliant. So we're really looking forward to having that. But save the date, the 29th and 30th. We'll have uh, more details to come. And thank you. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Raise your Ebenezer. Well, thanks for tuning in to that episode. Hope you didn't mind the new format. If you don't like change, well, suck it up, buttercup. Josh, if people want to tune in, what can they do? They can find us at Rural Pastors Talk at gmail.com. They can email us there, or they can find us at Facebook, facebook.com slash Rural Pastors Talk. <laughs> it's not slash Rural Pastors Talk, is it? Yeah. I thought it was slash Rural Pastors. I think it's real pastor stuff. <laughs> I know we've had this debate many times, but whatever it is, they'll find it if they put real pastor's talk in there. You got it. And it would be great to have some chit chat up in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, see you later. Bye.